Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hello, welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name is Blue. Alongside me is the world famous Pot Brothers at Law, Mark and Craig Wasserman, and Mr. Joe Grande. And you are now tuned into the greatest cannabis show today. Yes, in the world. <laughs> Bottom line, you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Cannabis Talk 101. All around the world, uh, make sure you give us a call anytime just to say hello. Give us your thoughts, your opinions. 1-800-420-1980. And make sure you check out the Instagram pages for daily news and the script and so much more. And the website, of course, at Cannabis Talk 101, as we are the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Yes. Uh, follow our brothers at pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law. Mark is at Waslaw. Craig is at Waslaw Dog. Blue is at one Christopher Wright. Hello. And I am at Joe Grande 52. Today on the show, very special guest, you guys, Marina A. Torres. She's a candidate for the L.A. City Attorney spot. Now, as an attorney and first-generation Latina who worked for President Obama, Marina Torres represents the American dream, and that she does, you guys. Reading her bio and checking everything out about her, she's so dope. Growing up with an incarcerated family members, her personal and professional experiences have given her a greater understanding of the justice system and the important role it, roles that it plays in serving the people in our community. She understands the importance of providing access and opportunities to working class communities and how government can help when working for the people, she can help change lives. Marina's experience have shaped her own values of justice and fairness, and she's out there fighting the good fight for everybody out there. And those are the values that she brings to her campaign. With over a decade of civil and criminal legal experience, Marina is the right person to be the city attorney for Los Angeles. You can check out her website, marinatorres.com. That's M-A-R-I-N-A-T-O-R-R-E-S.com or on Instagram. It's Torres, the number four, Los Angeles, to check her out on social media. 
That all being said, welcome to the show, Marina. I'm glad I could read and get some of that bio out there to uh, uh, drop the dimes on who you are a little bit. Thank you so much. It's such an honor and privilege and, quite frankly, just fun to be here. So thank you for having me <laughs> So far, me just here. in the office, right? Dealing with us and our shenanigans so far. Just, it's been a blast. No bad, not bad. Go. So <laughs> let's get, I mean, I want to talk about what you're trying to do with the LA City Council and everything else, but I want to get into the history of yourself because reading your bio and seeing what you come from just really represents the American dream. And when I say the American dream, folks, she comes from undocumented parents and you have done so much. So you have two parents from Mexico, and then you come here in Los Angeles, the Inland Empire, and then you get a you go to college at UC Berkeley, which isn't a freaking simple college that to get into. Easy. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, dude, you go to Stanford University for your law degree. On top of that, you start working with the Obamas and doing things. Like, honestly, like, I couldn't even talk to you in there because I would have been saying all this to you. Like, I wanted to wait for the show to, to give you my raw, like, dude, I am so impressed with you. Yeah. The only thing that I was not impressed with was how short you are. Because when you walked oh, in your pictures, here we go, Joe. I was like, I expected her to be this eight-foot woman because she's mighty woman. And then she walks in and she's mighty mouse. I'm not going to apologize for how short I am. Yeah, don't do that. You don't need to. But my point is, everything I read on you, it was just so big and so dope. And you're so awesome with your credentials and your your values of putting so much to Her put effort. into yourself exactly it's so impressive i literally commend you i take my hat off and try to take my glasses off right now for you because it's not easy to do what you've done right there and i think of these people and these families that come in here and we've seen it time after time and you know, even now with all these DACA that, that you've helped do but there's a million of these families that are trying to come in and you are a product yeah. of what yeah. we are trying to keep out yeah. and look what you've done it's like hey people out there do we really i, I do believe that there needs to be a, a way to get everybody when you say in, we're no trying thing. to keep them out but, who are you talking I'm, about i'm just saying <laughs> uh, to get we in the united states a lot of people <laughs> have know, been you know, know set up the borders <laughs> and this and 100%. that and i agree to an a certain extent right there just needs to be a protocol on how to get in here but when you look at your family and what they've done and what they've sacrificed to come here, you're just the best example that I've seen in a long time to excel. And then not only that, now you're running to try to be a big time representative for L.A. So I just want to say all these things so that people could hear the facts of what you've done and how dope it is. So congratulations you. for you being you. Thank and uh, all that being said, yeah, exactly. Give her a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> this girl nice. ain't no Thanks, joke. I mean, stuff. but the thing is, you know, and they always tell you running for office is going to be difficult. I think for me, the most difficult thing was sharing my story, right? Because for a long time, you know, folks didn't know, and I'm sure some of my coworkers don't even know that, you know, my family was undocumented for a yeah. very long time. Working at a Sunkiss factory, if I'm Absolutely. not mistaken, I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sunkiss Origin Factory. And so, you know, but that thing is, that's a story of so many people in Los Angeles and that's that's really frankly what motivates me in running for office is that you know my story isn't actually that unique I mean when you are I, Los Angeles you're the demo you're the exact <laughs> like what's out there yeah. exactly exactly like I you're mean, the majority when I was at the White House I remember we had all these DACA students that would come in and they would share their stories it was doctors and nurses and teachers and firefighters and it was all individuals who had been here undocumented that because of the DACA program had been given the opportunity to work and contribute back to society and I think you know if only we would be able to know more of those stories and share 
those stories. So even though for me, it's one of the most difficult parts in running for office is sharing the personal, it quite frankly is every time I do it, it, it reminds me of why, right? Because we need more stories like these out there. We need to see that people, um, you know, when folks think of undocumented immigrants, you see the scary news stories. Sure. You see the association the with the criminal. The tattoo on the face and he, and he stabbed somebody and yeah. he did this and that. What you a, come see, on. And I get those questions even now. You see the association with the criminal element and you don't see the stories of the doctors and the firefighters and the nurses and you know, Dentist, everyone there's coming so many, in. There's so many. Yeah, or just hardworking businesses that come, come abroad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Let alone even as simple as the people that are doing your We're, yard work. You're talking about like the, great, hard, good work. Ta- the great tax paying citizens. <laughs> in Los Angeles <laughs> that have real yeah. jobs. Throughout the yeah. country. I Their mean, throughout parents the world, were right? straight immigrants yeah. and they've yeah. come in and made a huge difference. So, you know, that all being said, just jumping right into something like that. How do you see that even being handled? Because there's so many, even when you look at Haiti, right? Mm -hmm. Like they had all the problems there. How many and how do we, and what's the right way? I mean, you're so well-versed in it. What, What is something that people could hear going, what is the better way to do this? Yeah, I mean, and obviously COVID has complicated a lot of it, right? Oh, because monkey sure. wrench, big time. Even yeah. even the laws and and the way we treat people that come to the border is now different because of COVID. Whereas before, um, you know, folks coming from uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, they used to be able to come in and fight for their asylum applications from within the United States instead of being sent right back over. COVID has also destabilized a lot of countries, including Haiti, right? That's unfortunately been destabilized for a very long time. And I think you have to do a combination of short-term measures as well as long-term because you need to be looking at foundationally what is happening in these countries of origin, right? You have El Salvador and Guatemala, especially El Salvador. I mean, there's a lot... You know, I, I don't want to overreach in saying that, you know, th- their government has a lot of problems, right? Sure. The criminal element in some areas is completely taken over, and there is, frankly, no functioning uh, national government in some parts of El Salvador. And, either, you know, the individuals there, unfortunately, are left with no other option but leave, you know, sure. leave and go somewhere else. So, and I hope they and bring papusas with them. That's the best <laughs> thing about El Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, papusas with a little cabbage on top <laughs> and that little red salsa. Joe said bring papusas with you, please. I'm just saying, when you say El Salvador, my fat mind goes right. In, oh, that's right. I go straight to El Salvador's papusas. My gran puta cabrón. <laughs> Someone didn't have lunch, right? Yeah, no, I did. I'm just a fat master internally. You know, it, yeah, my, my heart's, a, my, my love language is food. So yeah. when I think of cultures i think of food when you talk about them but you're right it's it's so hard because i look at all these people coming and they're coming from a bad place but it's just so hard to sit there and say let's open our gates Mm -hmm. to everyone and i'm not sitting there but even watching that and seeing that because you were a part of the obama foundation that helped create this whole daca movement and then when trump came in they tried to shut it down how was that for you oh it was awful i mean for a while i couldn't even see the news um because you know i when I was at, you know, in D.C. working for the Obama administration, I, you know, these weren't just files for me, right? The, 80, the 800,000 individuals that we were able to help get DACA, get protection, get, you know, protection from deportation. Like, I remember the stories, right? I mean, I, rem- I remember looking at a lot of them, and they all had stories. They all had goals. Say well, one I, that stands I, out. Is there, I, is there any one that, like, really stands out to you that you can go back to? Like, damn, that one just still touches my heart. There was one um, I, I'll always remember because I was, uh, you know, I was at DHS, the Department 
Department of Homeland Security, and we'd gotten word. I forget how. Do you carry a gun too? <laughs> <laughs> she got a gun on her right now. She's like, no, you got me checking her body. She's over here like Spider Woman. <laughs> like, like, yeah, she's got like, she's got a gun on her. Like, damn. She's okay. like, my primo gave me Homeland this Security, <laughs> the White House. I've got you oh, know. Oh yeah, she's, she's got a like, okay, you're gonna. I think those real those real teeth are fake teeth. That's a little pretty smile. I don't know. These are real teeth. No gun. No gun. Okay. Okay. That's a nice grill. Next year. Yeah. So go ahead with the story. Um, so we just got we got word of this uh, DACA recipient who had you know he lived in the United States he lived in California, and he had requested permission to leave to Mexico because his mother was sick. I think she was terminally ill and dying of cancer, and he requested you know permission because you can't leave without permission if you're do- if you have DACA. Um, and I think you know our department asked for more forms or more information. He gave it. It was you know weeks and weeks of a delay. So at some point, he was like, you know what? My mom is dying. I'm just going to go. So he goes to Mexico, and he's there with his mother during you know, her, final, uh, her final time on this planet. And then he's stuck there. Then he's literally like stuck at, at a, um, I forget where in Mexico. And this guy's a Harvard student. This guy's like, you know, DACA recipient, undocumented, manages to get into Harvard, has to deal with the death oh, of his mother, is stuck yeah. in Mexico. And now because he left without permission, has, you know, He's risking. He, he, you know, he basically kind of gave up his his protective status, and so through various mechanisms, this came to my desk. And I remember just thinking, like, we have to do something. You know, we have to. And thankfully, we were able to bring him back in, and and he still had some protection. And I think I've heard around uh, Ali. I think he's a filmmaker now in Los Angeles. Wow. Um, but that one will always come to me because ha- you know. I remember just thinking, how can we expect this individual to just wait around, right? It's one of these areas where bureaucracy, and he's trying to do the right thing, sure. right? He's trying to do the right he's, thing. He's living a good, healthy, clean life, he's trying to pay taxes, permission. doing things right. He asked permission. He went through, you know, and it just took way too longer than it should have. And, you know, he did what I think anybody would have done. He would have just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go see my mom. For, for our listeners, what does DACA mean? Yes, it's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And so, you know, what, what I remember in, you know, being in Los Angeles at the L.A. Convention Center and when they were actually giving out the licenses to them because they were holding mm-hmm. it there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, you know, I literally was going up the stairs and I'm like, what's going on? Because I, I didn't know what was going on, right? And I'm just seeing people crying in the hallways. I mean, it of was joy. Dude, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but I didn't know joy. what it was. But I got the chills right now. My body just up and down my body because people are going up and down the stairs, just crying and screaming, "Yes!" And I'm just like, "What's going on?" You know. And I realized that that was the program that mm-hmm. you guys were actually, you know, it was it was working through L- at the I, at the staple, uh, not the Staples Center, but the convention uh, convention center. center. Mm-hmm. And they were just people getting documented and people are standing by just waiting. You know, family members were everywhere. And I mean, you can see the, the, the parents, you know, that obviously probably never got the opportunity to get their, their papers, but their children. And they're just standing there waiting. And then, the, you know, some of the kids are walking because I started realizing what was going on. The, some of the, you know, and I say kids, but they're adults that are walking up and. They're like coming out of the building. Their parents are like looking at them. And they're like, and then just boom. Everyone. Oh, it's such a big thing. <laughs> I've seen so many tears. people have met so many people it's, that get their papers. Oh, and it's, it's like the big biggest deal, deal ever. It was and, a you know, big deal. And we take for granted like, because we're tears. here. And, and I think of it as, you know, you see those family members. And when certain situations and circumstances, when the family's already here and their child was born here in the States, and then like the child has to go home and you're watching the news and you're seeing it. It's like right here in Los Angeles or right here in Orange County where we live. It, or let alone in Denver or in wherever state you're in right now listening to this. Yeah. And, and actually, America, this happened. 
it used to just break my heart watching the news and seeing these rallies and seeing the people and the people stand up with these, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of rallies and meetings going out going, look at us. We're going to school. We're partaking. Mm-hmm. We're, it's not it's everyone that they just can be like, get out. Yeah. And when I feel like and when I see people in opportunities like yourself, it seems like it's easy in my head to make that decision. But it doesn't come across that way, and it's so hard because if it was so easy, it, there, it would have been figured out a long time ago, right? So well, we had like Obama know. come in with his ideas. You come to help him yeah. with your legal background. Trump comes in and destroys it all and makes it seem like it's all gang members mm-hmm. that are coming in. And then Biden comes in, and then it makes it feel like all these people from the El Salvadors and the Mexicos are just coming in because Joe's going to let us in. You know, orale pues, Joe, Jose, we love you. And it makes it feel like that's what the media now is showing us. That's what the Trump administration is trying to say. Look at this. I stopped it. Now it's open. What is the real truth that you see? You know, I, I think the truth is uh, immigration reform is so bipartisan. Like, if you ask people from all across the political spectrum, everybody agrees that we have to do something. You know, and everyone agrees that people that have been here for a while contributing to the economy, contributing to society, deserve to have, a, you know, a pathway to legalization. So I actually think it's a lot easier, and, and I chalk it up to lack of political courage and lack of you know, the inability on part of our elected officials to prioritize this as an issue, because I think there's so much more agreement on this that I think than I think the media would let you believe. Well, I, I think it's a big business. Right. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's I mean, you know, I, I deal with a lot Democrat, of, Republican, n- big business. It, it's it's more than that, though. It's it's if you fix the problem, there's no money in it. You know, and, and I say that among, amongst everything. It's like That's you can't go fix point. the problem for cancer because if you do, there's no money in it. There's nobody taking pills. If we if we cure, we can't everything, stop the drug problems it, here because there's so much money involved it, in it with the rehabs, it's, it's the all borders, that. And, 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 and I, so once the infrastructure is built, right, and the problem's there, and then now you're trying to fix the problem. If you fix the problem, you don't make money. So it, it's unfortunate, but that's. I mean, I look at it as. You know, I like the theory a lot. Actually. It's it's what it is. I mean, you know, you can fix a lot of these problems. I mean, we I mean, don't have a degree we're from very Berkeley, intelligent moving Stanford, people. I mean, but you know, I think we got. I think Blue's on point with that. Oh, yeah. that's what it is. And I mean, people, it's hard to talk about that. It, it really is, yes. Marina. What do you yeah. think of his theory like that? Uh, you know, I think the, unfortunately the people stuck in the middle in all of this, right? In the industry, in the politics, it's the people that you know have the stories, right? That are just trying to live their life and go to school and have a job and contribute to society and plan for the tomorrow, right? Because that's a thing that I that um, you know I always try to emphasize is that the DACA program is just temporary protection from deportation. So like we could have another Trump, knock on wood that we don't, we could have another Trump <laughs> and it's gone again, right? And and you know that protection is gone. So it just and then there could be another. It's just it's in flux. That's a problem. And so these individuals are just constantly stuck in the middle without any kind of ability to plan you know ahead for more than a couple of years that being said now you're running for the los angeles city attorney that's right what does that entail what does that job if you get it entail and why would you be the great candidate for it so the you know most it's funny most folks don't know what the city attorney's office does and that's actually one of the big things that i want to change um you know when i'm elected um, the city attorney's office does civil and I criminal work. I love how she work. says, "When I'm elected." You have to believe it. I love you have you to. Know that. <laughs> I, I, I live you know that what? way. I think I you are going to be. absolutely you have live to. that way. Yes, Marina, I'm voting for you. And you got I'm that. going to L.A. just to vote for you. I'm, I'm turning <laughs> my Orange County badge just to go to L.A. to I've vote got for people you. and all kinds of people yeah. in L.A. Don't worry, we got. I got my little cousin Angela Johnson. She's gonna vote for you. She's out in L.A. 
Okay, <laughs> so go ahead. Oh, it's, a, it's criminal and it's civil. So, um, you know, when you think of the criminal misdemeanors in Los Angeles, that all comes under the city attorney's office. And when you think of the prosecutor that sues on behalf of the people of L.A., like polluters, you know, folks like, you know, corporations, banks. Big, 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 uh, big federal crimes. Uh, state, it'll be state crimes. State crimes. Yeah, okay. state, state it'll crimes. be state crimes, and it's it's the prosecutor, quite frankly, that's the closest to the people. That's what I always like to, you know, when folks ask me why am I running, and I'm like, that's why, because it's under the city attorney's office. I mean, the rules and the regulations and the laws that are coming out of that office, they're the ones that most directly affect the people in Los Angeles. And why do you think that's what you're so close to? Is it because of your background and everything else that you feel? That's what I feel like. I just yeah. want to make sure. Is 100%. that your why because of what you come from and your 100%. parents and family? I mean, I think it's been a long time since that office has been run by someone who's not a politician and certainly has never been run by a woman, certainly never been run by Latina, and not and hasn't been run by somebody who comes from that background that can relate so well to the people in Los Angeles. Well, and English is your second language, too, correct? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Mar- well, Marina, when we come back, we're going to ask you some difficult questions about the cannabis industry because I know everybody wants to know. But before we go to break, it's G4 Live Bud Tenders Awards, May 12th through the 14th at Resorts World, guys. If you don't go, you don't grow. It's oh, Cannabis no. Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue Joe Grande and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pop Brothers at Law. If you're looking for high-quality seeds, head to rocketseeds.com or check them out on Instagram at rocket underscore seeds for trusted cannabis seeds. Rocket Seeds is a trusted source for thousands of quality cannabis seeds at a fair price. Head to rocketseeds.com or also check out marinatorres.com. She's selling them on the site there, too. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm just. You're no, not. Seeds, well, let me I thought you. I seen it said seeds. Oh, it says issues, press releases, well, contacts, and endorsements. Let me say this, bad. Marina. Actually, so you know, just to, as as a good educational. This is a good one right here. Case you, you ever explain? get into this, seeds have no THC in them, so they're fully legal everywhere. So they're and fully legal mail them anywhere. Anything. Yeah, they can they can be sent across the states uh, federally. You can't do anything because they have no they have no THC. Um, there's no psychoactive ability yet, so it's just a seed. Yeah, so so if you want to really follow her it's, it's uh, seed a, patterns, that's a true statement. Follow yeah. her on Twitter yeah. at Taurus4LA so you can get more seeds on Twitter. That's her outlet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here we go. But, uh, you know what? I, I want to talk to you, Marina, about the fact that you wanted to become an attorney. And was it before you went to Berkeley or what was your undergrad BA in that went to going uh, at, at a certain point when you went to Stanford, you had to make the decision to say, I want to be a lawyer because you go to Stanford for your law degree. But what was that why and turning point for you to becoming a lawyer at first? That's a good question. So it was, a, it was you know, I would say multi-year process because obviously no one in my family had gone to, you know, had graduated high school or college, let alone grad school, right? I think the, you know, my mom, I think maxed out at a fourth or fifth grade education back in Michoacan, Mexico, where, she's, oh, wow. where she was from. Oh. Um, and so, you know, there wasn't anyone when I was growing up, there wasn't that example, right? We, you know, where we were growing up, there, you know, there were teachers, and but there weren't really attorneys. There wasn't a big city. There Especially wasn't you know, Latino ones where you're like, who? <laughs> <laughs> right? But there just, there just Torres, wasn't where? that. Lopez? Yeah. Come on, oh, especially back Martinez? then. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially back then. <laughs> Gonzalez? No. no. Now I'm surrounded by Latino attorneys, and it's beautiful. But back then, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the case. And so when I got into Berkeley, um, you know, quite frankly, what I saw was that th there were a lot of smart people that were applying to law school and they all had different reasons for wanting to be an attorney and the attorneys that I was exposed to at Walla Berkeley I was a poli sci and rhetoric major and an ethnic studies minor and through mm. all of that you know you, you encounter a lot of attorneys um, and, and their writings and their professional experiences and it seemed to me that being an attorney opened up the door to so many things, right? You could be a practicing attorney, you could be a judge, you could go into policy, you could work in government. I mean, you could just do a whole lot. So I figured, I was, you know what? I like to argue, uh, you know, let, let me try that. I bet your boyfriend oh. loves that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are over there just... <laughs> head to head, right? <laughs> Two attorneys What's that? going at it. What's that? <laughs> no, I said we're getting falafels tonight, but I want tacos. <laughs> no, the answer is always tacos in our house. Yeah. Always tacos. There's no is fighting that over that. ground beef or carne asada or chicken or... <laughs> Which spot are we going to go to, damn it? Okay, yeah, so... But that that was like a long breath. And then after, after Berkeley, I actually was an AmeriCorps volunteer. So I worked in... Uh, the greater fields of Chicago, Illinois, working with farm workers and extending legal aid to the farm working community there. And that really was, you like know. Like the Cesar Chavez here in California, yeah, that type except, of movement, right? Exactly. But they had a lot less protections in Illinois at that time. Mm. I mean, it, so it was interesting to come back and kind of see the differences in the protections. But that really, you know, kind of solidified, like, yes, law school is going to be, you know, where I go. And then that's how I ended up at Stanford after I, that. I Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, that's, it's so that, impressive. It's that, just so it's dope. It's so great. Because yeah, it's no, not I, easy. Like, Stanford's private, big-time money. It's just well, I've been incredible. To, I've been to Stanford. Yeah, to drive by and yeah. go to East Palo Alto. A, I just buy dope in the PA. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. <Yeah. laughs> um, 
No, but what I was saying is the face of the United States is changing, in, in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, uh, for years there's been, you know, like we were talking, I think, on break maybe, it was, or it wasn't, I don't, I don't remember, but uh, about, like, it wasn't cool to be Hispanic and it wasn't cool to be, uh, you know, a minority. Whereas right now, I, I'm not saying that it's it's cool or not cool. I'm just saying that oh, I, no, think I think it's, it's definitely more, cool. It's definitely more accepted. And we're being more included even in media oh, and in movies uh, TV, and Hollywood, every, I mean, everything else. I, yeah. I'm literally sitting at home and, you know, there's a, there's a black woman, you know, t- t- you know, teaching, I mean, giving the news. And I was like, this is beautiful. Like, we, I, I was kind of like, I don't think I could recall back too many, you know, black women. I remember the Asian lady on, on Fox. Yeah, well, there's you know, a lot of Asian. For, yeah, for, there, for years. There's a lot of equal opportunity now. It's in, starting in to open up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is giving, you know, minorities a lot more power, a lot more jobs, a lot more, uh, you know, um, respect. And But I think that it's changing around the country because there's just more minorities everywhere. Well, like, four years ago, it was trying not to be, actually, but well, now would, it's going again. It's been, it, 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 forget four years. I mean, you, the last four years isn't the change. It's been happening for the last 20 years. No, you it know, definitely you has. Know, you're right. You, you, you know, the last four years isn't the... It isn't the how it all tips over. It, it's just literally, it's been, you know... Um, just a, a beautiful change, you know. Like I said, I, I'm from Puerto Rico, so I swim a lot farther than the Mexicans, you know. <laughs> That's my joke. Uh, but you know, our family, our family is is again. We, we taught each other. You know, our, our our grandparents taught our parents not to teach us how to speak Spanish because they thought it would affect the way that we would actually be able to, you know, uh, get jobs and and like you and wouldn't accelerate. Which you wouldn't I would, do well. I I agree with it, but I and a lot of people don't. In in but I think. But now, as an adult that I've made it this far, I wish I did speak the language because I'd be able to, you know, have... It couldn't hurt you. It would definitely help me a lot more right now. I only look at it as it's a blessing in helping everyone. Yeah. When I look back at my parents, I'm like, damn, mom. Like, even when on their deathbed, I was like, I really wish you would have spoke Spanish to me more. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mijo. (laughs) Okay, I can give you a kiss and I can grab your lonjas and I can do all kinds of little words in Spanish, but I can't have a full sentence and conversation with you in Spanish. Go read a book or go get the... And if, oh, what here's the called? Here, what's it called? Here's the best part about <laughs> that. I flunked Spanish in high school. Rivetta Stone or something. <laughs> who, fl- who Mexican Lopez flunked Spanish in high school? For God's sake, me, yeah. white boy over oh, here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but all that That's being so said, too, Marina, as we as we joke about the heritage a little bit and, and touch on that. Um, Right now, currently, you're a district attorney, correct? Uh, I'm actually on the federal side. On the federal side. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? Um, so, and I'll do the standard disclaimer. I'm obviously here, in, you know, personally and not representing any agency. But, you know, as a federal prosecutor, um, I do a lot of money laundering cases. I do a lot of um, big narco-trafficking cases, um, fraud cases, corruption cases. So it's all the cases that, um, you know, that spans the central district. So it's about seven counties. You go up all the way to... Uh, San Luis Obispo, and you go up down all all down, including Orange County. Do you see that in cannabis? Yeah. What? Have you seen it yet in cannabis? What the any cases? cases? Any of these no. big money laundering cases or anything no, like that in cannabis? No, no, I can I say I don't have any. <laughs> I'm saying because you know I, no. I, I I think you know they they have to be out there. Have you, know, you had any cannabis you, cases? You know, they have to be out no. there. I will tell you, I mean, the, the wonderful thing that I've, I have enjoyed about being a federal prosecutor is that, you you know, you really target the bad actors. You sure. know, you go after the folks that are, you know, really putting out, you know, I mentioned this on the break, you know, uh, doctors that are over-prescribing opioids, mm-hmm. uh, white-collar criminals that don't feel like they have to pay taxes, people that are engaging in mortgage fraud. One of my one of my favorite trials How do you do I that? had, uh, <laughs> you know, with a lot of resources and a lot of time, you know, and a lot of good, wor- hard-working law enforcement agents um, to back us up. I mean, I remember one of my favorite trials 
We went after the suspected white nationalist who was defrauding a lot of homeowners back during the foreclosure crisis. And there was about 500 victims that, you know, he defrauded. There were people I know that him. there I were know who it is. <laughs> there were there <laughs> were people around? there were is, people is, lost their is homes. Is this Roscoe O'Malley? No. <laughs> no. Do you know that name? No. Oh, was it samurai? No. <laughs> yeah, samurai. No, no. We, so, so there was. There it was, was common though out there. I oh mean, it happened a lot. It happened a lot. Oh yeah. So, so we got a couple circuits of people who we heard something well, like that we, about. We, yeah, we yeah. see it. You know, we. In fact, it's funny because you know they they try to loop me in somehow, and I I kind of got in there, and I'm like, they were doing fake loan modifications, right? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, and I knew these guys well, and I'm like, we're we're friends, and they're either you know they're balling. I'm like, they're all doing guys, time now you too. You guys are doing great. Like you know what's going on? Like okay, I'm doing well, but you guys are doing amazingly well you know and so you know we're sitting around the room one day and we're in the office and i'm just like but you can't do loan modifications for people in texas and in arizona from california can't you because it's illegal i looked at the laws and they're like no we have attorneys over there we're doing this and i'm like okay so i'm like slowly but surely trying to get into it and then i'm like I had the paper game and and I I did that in front of their whole office because I was like, yo, like, is this cool to be doing this? Like, and and then I pulled them aside. I'm like, look, dude, you guys are on some shim. Wow. I mean, where's your fishy rods? Because you're very fishy in here, player. Yeah. And I broke it down. (laughs) Somebody was like, bro, but we're killing it. I'm like, dude, I got a bell. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, and, and, and God willing. You would have Marina Torres knocking on your door. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, Christopher Wright. I didn't have to see you, you know, um, but, you know, unfortunately they, they actually did get caught and I think he got broke off with like, you know, I think like 70 years or something wow. i mean they broke them off sick yeah we, we mentioned mean, though a minute ago about your take on cannabis in los angeles we've seen a huge grow in of course legal dispensaries but we've even seen a huger grow in the illicit market where yeah. the dispensaries mm-hmm. have been out there and even right next to and i say right next to within a rock throwing distance from a legal dispensary there'll be a pop-up illegal dispensary sure. mm-hmm. what are your thoughts and your take especially with the city on how you guys are dealing with things like that yeah and i think there needs to be a distinction within the illegal cannabis industry between people that really want to comply with the law that really are trying to go beyond the straight and narrow and just find themselves you know incredibly caught up in the bureaucracy that is the city's permit process those folks on one hand and then folks that just don't even try you know folks sure. that are just engaging and because they don't want to pay the taxes they don't want to like you know they just they, they want to operate outside the law so there is that distinction and I think that you know I and I've always said this you know one of the wonderful things that I love about being a prosecutor is that we go after we get to go after the people that we really should go after and I think that the folks that you know are really trying to comply for me intent is important right if somebody's trying and it, they get caught up in the bureaucracy of government or you know taxes just... are too expensive <laughs> is that a good excuse what about if I applied and I haven't got my response yet but I've applied no I, I mean, mean it should be well, it, well you know there, there, I know there have been complaints about the unlike reasonable delay and then that's something that the city needs to look at I mean and quite frankly because well, it shouldn't be unreasonable well not only that you know? though the taxes are too high so so one of the things that the cannabis industry talks about is is criminal taxes coming from the state and the cities mm-hmm. right because be, by the time and this is why the market's so screwed up right so I, i'm going to kind of explain it to you is that you know by the time the taxes are are you know hit by the dispensary owner and the growers and then and the distributors and everybody else down the line the prices are so high that the illicit market thrives yep. because you can't go into a store and buy an eighth of cannabis for under 100 bucks at the store when you could buy it on the street for 25 30 bucks yeah and the, so th- so there's and that's because of the taxes that are on there so everybody's getting caught up now it is tested it is quality product and and you're knowing where you get your cannabis from but unfortunately the soccer moms that, that are out there working mm-hmm. hard or the the you know the the everyday joes that are looking to go buy some cannabis they walk into a store 
and it's like it's a hundred bucks well their buddies are like i'll give it to you for 40 bucks and it's like okay they pay half the price so understanding the taxes are there but the tax levels are still a little you know rocky so i think that's what's you know a a big part of um the industry yeah and i think we need to recognize right because the last thing we want to keep doing is encouraging or you know taxing people out of you know going to being able to operate absolutely you know and especially small mom and pop stores you know because i think with the tax structure as as you know as it is it certainly encourages the big players right basically the people that can afford to play but not so much maybe the smaller mom and pop stores or small businesses that may also want to you know participate in the business um and i would say the last thing we want to do is encourage the you know folks that are trying to buy their cannabis to go into the illicit market because you just don't know what's in there i mean i Obviously, opioid overdoses, I'm sure you guys have seen, uh, skyrocketed during the pandemic. And stuff is laced, you know, with God knows what. And that's cannabis included. And so that's a real danger. But we really haven't seen that in fairness, though, Marina, with cannabis. We haven't seen the, you know, laced cannabis where, you know, it could have pesticides, but opioids, yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I'm just saying, when you make a reference like that, I just just don't want that to go over people's ears and they're going, oh, is there cannabis that's been laced? I have yet to read a story where the cannabis has been laced. Where you hear the opioid game, yes, and if you're buying whatever drug out there, I mean, you look at this concert that just happened past week and people getting stabbed with stuff that are poison. Yeah, you know, there's crazy shit out there that we see and hear, yeah. but I've yet to see and hear anything like that about cannabis. And even, I mean, I'm kind of defending the illicit market saying it's still the same shit we grew up smoking all the well, time. You know what I mean? Well, and well, nothing harmed well, us. Well, Joe, to, 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 I mean, you know. But to, it's better. Don't get me wrong. Well, to play it's devil's the, advocate with you, and I'm, I'm just saying is there was the, the, the pins that were bad that were killing the people. Oils, the yes, oils. The oils. There were bad on. oils out there that were. But those were the black market oils. They weren't the correct. ones that were, yeah. But that's what we're talking about, though. The True. black market. You know what? In fairness, you know what? I'm just giving. I'm just. You are 100 <laughs> right. I, I'm just. You supported back. that better. I support them all. You know, and with I'm facts. Like, and, and, I like that. And, and it's far and few. But, I didn't know, you know you're Team Marino. Well, jeez, <laughs> no, I tried to get her, and now you're just jumping <laughs> ship on me. You guys I'm, see this, right? Bros before lawyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look. I mean, listen. You know, both of us both. Do, we we both do this, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I, do, mean, I love it, that you did which, it. Which is why why our show's great is because we don't like you know facts are facts. You know, great. I'm glad you corrected me. out there. I've seen it. I have seen it out there. And, and, and the reason I point that out is because, you know, I've got kids and my kids, you know, are in that age group. Well, they were selling those, so that's why you knew. Whatever you need, call us at 562. Yeah, we got a nice operation. If you're looking to call, 1-800-420-1980. Yeah. Ask for the blue special. The blues. <laughs> no, but I'm, it's important to, to, to digest it and make sure that it is out there. And we, we recognize that from both sides because, you know, as, as, a, as a student of the, the industry myself, you know, I've been in this space a long time so i feel like i'm but i'm always a student um i've watched a lot of janky shit happen in the black markets meaning that like we're in a massive grow and this guy's got all kinds of powder mold on that grow and instead of him you know uh just tearing it up burning it tearing it up and burning it which is what would be mandatory now in a licensed facility would be like yo you have to get rid of it this guy will just spray it all down wipe off more pesticides this this will kill that clean it up clean it up package it and get it out to the people you know which is unfortunate and maybe not harming to them on such a level if you smoke a joint or two of it but over a 10-year span of smoking that bad quality it can cause all kinds of problems so you know it's a it's a it's you know it's a bittersweet situation we're in but i think the the you know 
getting you into office, what does that do for the cannabis industry, Marino? Like, do you feel like you're going to help our industry? Do you feel like you're going to, you know, put things in place? Have you have any ideas what your plan is? Yeah, and I mean, I, we've been at the campaign now for, I think, a year and a half, and I've had the opportunity to just, you know, talk to a lot of folks. Because keep in mind, you know, we launched right before COVID. And so for a while, it was all just talking on the phone and just seeing how people were doing, learning, educating myself. And, you know, what you mentioned before about the taxes and what I've heard as well about the bureaucracy and the regulations just being too burdensome for a lot of people. I've heard that for the last year or so. And it's, you know, I'm just so, I'm pro bringing jobs into LA. I mean, especially post COVID. And I think we need to make it less bureaucratic and less burdensome for people who want to comply with the law to do so. And I think sure. that that's, that's certainly true in the cannabis industry. Because I think that there's, there's a lot, you know, it's, it's getting better. Certainly in California, it's getting better. But I think for some people, especially in government, there's still a stigma for cannabis. And I think we've gone so far in, in overcoming that. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know if the five, ten years, but I think at a certain point we will be effective in, you know, moving marijuana down on the federal schedule. I, you know, I predict this and I think it'll, I think when it'll happen. When do you think it'll happen? happen? When? when? You know, I was going to, I think in the next five to ten years, you know, because um, it's still, uh, you guys know, it's still schedule one, which is ridiculous, right? So and and I think we will at some point see it move down and, you know, and, but I think, I think it's, it's still a ways away, but I, I, I think that we do that by encouraging more legitimate businesses. Um, Have you ever smoked center. cannabis? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm it. super lame. See, I'm Sorry. not discussing my day. It's not being lame by not smoking. <laughs> I know. Cannabis. Thank no, you. No, no, I know. like I'm super lame. <laughs> Marina, it's not, not lame Sorry. at all. You know what's <laughs> lame? Going to Berkeley and going to Stanford. That's lame. Come yeah, on. Yeah. That's like saying that. You know what I mean? Sorry, I don't smoke uh, cannabis. Sorry. Sorry, have you seen the picture of me and Barack and me and uh, Joe She's Biden? Like, so, and sorry, I got a gun in my purse. Pamela Harris. I mean, come on, look at you. It's, it's like part of the furthest thing from lame. Department of Justice. But I you are a queen, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I've I've seen so much of how you know it really does help people. Sure. I think it's you know as I mentioned, it's still Schedule One, which means. You know, in the eyes of the federal government, there's no medicinal value, which I, medicinal, you know, yes. medicinal value. And yeah, everybody, which is yeah. crazy to me. I mean, everybody that I know, and I certainly know folks, you know, have gotten so much benefit, you know, from cannabis products. You know, I'll, I'll share with you, our, our you know, I, I say it all the time, but, you know, our, our government, the United States would never say it had medicinal value if it wouldn't. You know, we're too, we're too on point. There's no way we would come out and say it, it had medicinal value. And then all the CBD that's medical out there. marijuana and all this stuff, it has medicinal value, right? Right. The, the studies aren't there yet. And, and as they start to um, actually come out and Joe and I are for, you know, people that are doing studies on it because we want to see that one day where, you know, it says, hey, take this hit of this one strand that, you know, that works exactly like if an you're Advil, 250 pounds, you're if this you late, you should hit this for two seconds in or yeah. eat this edible or, or, or for 200, you know, if you're this weight, that weight, this will help with your Take headaches. This, this will help with your whatever, pain in maybe. your back, you know, just like you do for Tylenol and Advil's. I know at my weight, I need the max I could take is four Advil's. Like, I know that, and I'm not going to take any more than that, but it's the max you can take because I'm a big dude. I want to know exactly that's what, that. That's for, your max? Yeah. yeah I'm bored. Wow. You're a cool dude. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm in the house like, give me 10. Well, no. Well, every four, because <laughs> if not, the medicine doesn't work in your body. You're it just pissing even work. it out. It You're doesn't just pissing work. the medicine okay. out. Yeah, it's good to so know. So you got to know it your body. It feels like it works. Well, you know, it helps when your wife's a doctor and explains all this to me, <laughs> yeah. too. So, you know what I mean? My wife explained that to me, folks. Don't get it twisted. I did not know these things until it was like, you realize oh. if you take too much, which I was doing before, Blue. Yeah. And then you're just pissing it all out. It's not working in your body. I right. think it so, does work. 
though. Yep, you know exactly. <laughs> here's the, ki- here's the kicker. Effect. I used to go six yeah, pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, take it. It was six pills at first, and then it was like, what are you taking six for? That's way too many. What do you mean? No, I, need, I need pain s- relief. Well, but that's too much for your body. It doesn't make sense for your body. And she had to break it down for me to make to it make sense. It. So then that's what's led me to think that way about yeah. cannabis, going, I want that type of breakdown for cannabis so that people in general who have been opposed to it go, well, shit, this is the same advice I'm getting for my Tylenol. And, and, yeah. and Marina, what I want to educate you on, and I just, you know, this is me sharing with you, like, what, how the endocannabinoid system works, right? So everyone has an endocannabinoid system, which is also coincidentally inside the cannabis plant, right? So your endocannabinoid system uh, inside your body gets lubricated by taking in cannabis, right? So there's like little hairs that are inside your body, which is your endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system. And so when you lubricate that, it allows the, let's say the- uh, Inflammation? Inflammation, not to- Disease? Yeah, the, the, the cancer cells to stick. All, all the different things start to kind of flow through your body better, and your body can actually digest them or get rid of them, right? Whereas if they don't, they start getting clogged up. So you're actually in- Everybody is endocannabinoid deficient, and the more THC that you put in your body, it counteracts that. So these are things that are going to help people in the in understanding of what they're actually doing, right? So somebody takes in cannabis, it's like, you know, for the first time, and I don't really smoke, you know, I, I'll take cannabis if, uh, you know, for more of a, like, if I'm sitting at the house and I'm, like, watching a movie, I'm like, oh, I'll smoke, you know, but I don't smoke. Daily. On Tuesday afternoon at no, noon because I, it's, it's Tuesday. Not, it's not. It's my, 420. It's not, like, that's yeah, no, I don't smoke because it's 420. I don't wake up and smoke. These, this is unfortunately not THC. Uh, it's called oxygen stick. So this is just oxygen, pure oxygen that I smoke, right? Is but, that what you're running? <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> running? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, Pinocchio's <laughs> in the building hey, right pew, now. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is my healthy stick that I'm inhaling right here. This, this is actually clown. tobacco. Unfortunately. Love him right now. <laughs> I was like, pew, 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 pew. That's a 22. Hi, Marie. Torres, I'm not smoking a cancer stick. I'm okay with you next to me. No, these are these are actually cancer sticks, which is well well worse. However, the psychoactive effect that gives it to me if I smoke it all day, I can't handle myself. I don't like it. I don't like the feel. Like the pop brothers at law, they smoke weed all day long. That they're smoking cannabis, they love it. I pulled it up and Craig operate. was smoking a joint outside today. <laughs> yeah, and it helps them operate, you know. And for me, it's like I don't I don't function well on it. Yeah. But if I'm in pain, if you ask me what would I rather take an edible, because I would say an edible's closer to like a a pill um i would take the edible all day but when i was younger i'd be like yo shoot me one of those vicodin oh yeah i, I want a blunt i want a blunt, you know I mean? I want a blunt and a vicodin where, where, whereas i could ask you have you ever tried vicodin Mm-mm. never no. you've never, never had a pain? surgery no, but given, like given what i do especially uh, you know on the work side i mean i mentioned this i think on break not, not recreationally i'm saying by a doctor like, yeah, no, like no, you never no, had a surgery yeah, or nothing no yeah, i've never broken you. any bones healthy as can be yeah never broken any bones and well, a lawyer let, like that, or whatever, you're a keeper. Your man got lucky, <laughs> boy. Look at this hot thing over here. <laughs> and no problems like that? I've never no heard nobody. Yeah, what are no. you, 22, for God's sake? No, yeah, I started practicing law at 10, right? 10 years old. I mean, Did you really? yeah. how shocking like, is that to hear that she's I, never I've taken a Vicodin? Like, all kidding yeah. aside, I'm looking at you like, Ibuprofen, wow. for sure, but not, not anything. But, you know, I've obviously, you know, seen folks that have had surgery. I've obviously seen, you know, the overprescribing of opioids. So for me, that too is really of, of interest. And not only that, well, those that, opioids are the number one killer for white males, yeah. which is even crazier to think out there. Like, people going, oh, it's great, and they'll do that. It's just funny to me how somebody I will know. take... Any pill the doctor gives them, but won't try some cannabis that people are going, hey, try this, and it'll make your liver better, your kidney better, all that. Let's take a break real quick. We're going to come back. We'll do the high five with Marina Torres. And I have some questions 
regarding a lot of these great pictures that you have on your website, go check it out, marinatorres.com. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Take a hit, get lit, sit back, and enjoy Cannabis Talk 101 with Viscous Vapes. Feel the joke. Right. <laughs> make was... sure you check out their website. It's viscous.life. They're born right here in Venice Beach. If you don't know about the brand, you better recognize. Ask a dispensary if you're carrying viscous.life. That ride is smooth as can be, you guys. So go ahead and check out good old Viscous. And uh, real quick, I just want to thank the staff that makes everything happen around here. Erica, Daniel, Cal, Irtazar, Christian, Danny, Kevin, Andrew, Zach, Cash, Cam, Salar, Nadia, Ali, Pitt, Chris Franchino, Jennifer, and Elvis. We would be nothing without you. As we have Marina Torres here with us. Marina Torres is a candidate for the L.A. City Attorney Office and a wonderful person. And something I wanted to ask you, Marina, is how did you get involved with Barack Obama, President mm. Barack Obama, and how did that come about? Yeah, like, how does that even fucking, hey, I don't know, I'm going to start working with Barack. I mean, you know what I mean? Hey, Barack, I'm going to call you. I went to Stanford. I know uh, like, so I mean, what how does it even come we're about? We're like this, we're like yeah. this. You know what I mean? I mean, you got pictures of the dude. I mean, I just, Did how you does have that drinks even happen? With no, never had uh, I've always wanted to get a drink. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like just so, really so how does that even like, come hey, to like, you know, okay, Barack. you're going to get an opportunity to walk us through that? Yeah, it took about a year. I mean, because I moved. Well, so when he got elected, I was still living in LA, and I moved out to DC because I was like that committed. Like I wanted to be part of what he was going to bring to the country, and so I went out there, worked at a law firm for a bit, 
And it took about, yeah, I would say about a year, year and a half to land the position that I did. And So you went out there with the intentions, I'm getting in with this dude. Yeah, 100%. Good wow. for you. Yeah, I and was you like did that. that. And I did. I was like, you that was the bomb, next thing. Dude. That's <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> dude. I, everything I read on you, I just am like, so impressed <laughs> with you. She's badass. She's a badass. No, it's just, you know, I just thought like the excitement, you know, the general, you know, once Oh, no, I felt the same way, but I never moved. I felt that way, but I never did anything for it. That's the difference. I was like crying. And so like, oh my god! Yeah, we were I wanted, talking about how we one were of my good buddies was like, part oh, of it. I was shit. so yeah. like, I want. Well, I'll do anything for him, but uh, I didn't move out there, and yeah. I wasn't smart enough to be a lawyer. So continue. So you went out there working a year yeah. at a random thing, doing what though? Like for a, just a law office? Yeah. So I was uh, just a, at a law firm, um, out you know, just doing private sector work, and it took about a year and a half because I, I was very. I will say I was very particular in what I wanted to do. I mean, I either wanted to do something that was, you know, law related in, in the Department of Justice, so do criminal reform, or I wanted to do immigration work. Like, those were the two areas, just because those were the two areas that, you know, it's funny, when I was growing up, I didn't want anything to do with either immigration or criminal work because it was already so much of my personal life, right? Sure. Like, so much, you You're know. You're already trying to figure out how to get your own card. How do I get my own card? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, right? Like, with parents that were undocumented, I was already giving immigration yeah. advice. You're already scared. Yeah. Like, I want this shit yeah, around me. Was, I was and like, then damn. his family, like, going through the incarceration system, I was already kind of, you know, giving criminal advice, too. And so... Growing up, that was nothing. I didn't want to do any part of that. And as I got older, I realized just how much that experience was valuable in those areas. But and you so, already knew so much. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you were one of those people yeah. now, it too. You, it was actually right? who you yeah. are. It's where you come 100%. from. So you know exactly circle. how they yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I, you know, as it is with life, I couldn't deny either part. And so um, when a job opened up with the Department of Homeland Security working on the DACA policy, that, that was it for me. And I'm so job. curious, were you looking on Indeed? Like, how do you find out about that? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you yeah. there and like, oh, how do you slide in next yeah. to the president? Like, how did you do this? Like, how <laughs> is that, like that how does that, that happen? Yeah. You try everything, but the, the all the jobs for, these are political appointments, right? So they go through the White House political appointee office. It's a White House PPO, and I forget what it stands, personnel office. Um, and so you legit, like, send in a resume. You call you know, you get a they do a background email. check and they say she checks out. Background check, yeah. yeah. They said there's a little cholita from uh, the Inland Empire in Los Angeles. No, there's okay. gonna be tons of stuff on <laughs> her. Bring her back. Bring her back. <laughs> Hold on a second. Like, she, she, has, she has no social media. Yeah. yeah, I like her. She has nothing going on. Hold in on, life. there's a picture of her <laughs> at a lowrider <laughs> car show back in the day in Ontario. <laughs> they went fully through my chola years. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, yeah, they do a full they do a full background check, and you know, you pass you pass a background check. And then you also do, they do White House vetting. So that's when they look at your social media. They look at, see, sure. is there anything that this person has done that's maybe not criminal, but that's going to, like, embarrass that's the White come House, That's going to come back. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. And, and none of that, obviously, all the sniff that. test, huh? Yeah. So then how, how do you Good get the call? You, and explain, explain a little more. How do you get the call? Yeah. And then how did you get to meet the president? Uh, so let me think. So I got the call. Um, God, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think, yeah, I think I was at the firm. And, I, you know, I interviewed... Um, you know, I interviewed a couple positions, and then it was the one at DHS, at Homeland Security, that I interviewed. And that's the one I wanted, man. I was like, this is, you know, for, for the family that's come before me, for my friends, like, this is where I feel like I can do so much good here, you know? So when I got the call, I was like, immediately, I was like, yes, I can start tomorrow. You know, I was like, when do you like, need me? <laughs> I'll leave everything I'm doing right now. 100%, yeah. you know? Because yeah. I've been for doing sure. private I wouldn't sector. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I would have done, too. Like, all right, I quit. I'll tell these guys <laughs> to piss off yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. What time is it? i got 20 yeah. minutes. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah. I can go. Let me get a talk on my Way, I'll be right Bye. there. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Because I'd been in the private sector. At that point, I'd been in like six years or so. Um, you know, I was making good money, but it just wasn't. 
at that point in my life, I, I did feel like I needed something more. You know, the money helped out my family because, again, I'm first generation, right? So sure. like, that helped us out a lot. Um, but there was at a certain point where my family was good, everything was good. I was like, you know, I, I want to do more. I want to, like, contribute So do you back, still live you know? with your mom? No, so my family. <laughs> dope, huh? I, was, I was like, I could feel. Like, <laughs> almost. She's old school Latina like that, you know not mean? married, like, no yeah. kids. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. When you said that, like, I'm like, you know what I mean? He's in the back house. I, pe- I, I peeked up when you said that. I'm like, does she? <laughs> She's one of the old like, school Mexicans. Like, like, mija, like, you ain't moving out until you're married. Family's in. Siéntate, cabrona. No, no, no. I live. I live in in L. A. Okay, so she's not. She's still with us. No, unfortunately, my mom has passed away from breast cancer, and actually. I was going to mention this. Uh, you My know, dad with lung cancer. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I, I read up on it. And, uh, it, again, it's one of those areas where I think cannabis really, we, we really need to talk more about it, especially the sure. the kind of comfort and, you know, comfort relief care. from pain. Did sure. your mother touch cannabis when she was going through no, it? No, but she was old school Latina, you know. But she, right. she, I mean, she didn't even touch opioids. Like, even you right. know, right. even those are prescribed her. She, she had her own tea in the house. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, what's popping? Like, <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, though, Marina, as you say that old school Latina, my mom used to get weed back in the day and put it in our rubbing alcohol mm-hmm. oil mm-hmm. and it would sit there and you're just like okay mijo, this what so like early stages awesome. yeah. of mexican you know traditions or whatever going using that cannabis in the alcohol would help heal better yeah which was around. a funny thing that you yeah. think about how did your parents react when you got that job at the white house with oh Rock and all that? i mean my, my parents were actually not around so it <laughs> oh, was they're, my, both. they're both gone so it was more my you know my brother i'm a foster as well welcome oh. <laughs> it's been 23 plus years i know the feeling yeah yeah it yeah. never gets easier never especially um, when moments like that when you want to share with them you know what i mean i'm oh, like yeah. oh i can't wait to tell them mark are you talking over well there? we got somebody here? that joined us finally hey Hi. made it mark wasserman that's welcome actually, to the show that's actually mrs doubtfire what is your plan for these types of cannabis cases that are just constantly running through lax yeah um i don't understand why these are yes. a priority i mean i you know you know what i do uh, for a living now and you know i like to say that we uh, I spend my time going after really the truly bad actors, right? And I feel like that's where law enforcement should be focusing their resources, right? Is going after the folks that we really should be going after and enforcing the law there. Um, And, you know, and and actually I had... um, a friend of mine was visiting. Uh, this was a couple. This was maybe last year, and I had to be the bear. I had to be the Debbie Downer and the bearer of bad news because she wanted to take some edibles with her. And I was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "I don't think this is, you know." And she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, my friends do it all the time." I was like, "I don't think you can." Yeah, it's not legal. Yeah, yeah. And by the you can. Yeah, you can. I've done but, it. Hey. You know. But I was like, you know, really, like I, you know, I, I think. And she's like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah, I, I think so." And uh, it's totally illegal. Yeah. So I had, I had to be the bearer of bad news. I was like, wait, you're getting on an aircraft, crossing state lines, yeah, making yeah. this a federal... No. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't like... do it. But, you know, again, you know, these... And I think especially people that come in and, and have the, you know, the right to do to, to own this out in other states and come in and they believe that they're fully in compliance with the law. And we were just talking about this before. For me, intention is important. It is important to me that people, um, you know, e- even when they're as in this case, right, is obviously doing something that's not legal, but they they don't even know it's not legal in this case, right? I mean, and these are, again, not the people that we really want. And after with felonies, I mean, we really want to be giving these individuals a felony conviction for something like this. I, I think knowing, right, how that's going to impact, you know, their future job prospects and their future in, you know, their future life, period, I think it's a misallocation of resources, to be quite, to be quite frank. Well, and even the misdemeanors, even the misdemeanor, you know, we have a yeah. guy that we represented 
who uh, was going through the green, you know, the uh, immigration process, and he gets this misdemeanor out of LAX because he was bringing medicine from LA to, to Chicago. And as I said, he had the medical cards from both. And what I actually did in that case, I got a declaration from his doctor in Illinois. I got a declaration from the doctor he saw in California. And I prepped up a motion just, and it was in hopes of just getting somebody to just go, look, this is not right. What's happening to this person? And fortunately, we were able to get a diversion deal so that a plea never had to be entered. Mm -hmm. The case was ultimately dismissed and the guy got to get his citizenship. But he was in the mix for a year, worried about it. And there's no slowdown of these types of cases right now. I mean, we get calls almost every day from people who say, I thought it was legal. I, you know, and as I said, they don't, they're not taking pounds and pounds. They're going into licensed legal shops. And yeah. one of the things we do when they get busted is we go get the receipts from those shops yeah. and bring them in. And all we can do is appeal to that particular city attorney's sense of empathy or sympathy in hopes that they'll, what I think, do the right thing. But until there's a change yeah. in, policy or whatever is going to happen we're going to keep seeing more of these and i hope if you get in there that we see <laughs> some changes and we, you know, pop brothers in law are happy to get behind you mm -hmm. and endorse your uh running for city city attorney based on some of the represent representations that you made to us when we first talked I know I, that first phone call, I think I just kind of peppered you with uh, a lot of questions. <laughs> and she's still but here, by the way. I know, I signed up for more. She don't go away. <laughs> I signed up for more. No, I mean, there, there'll be a lot of changes. I mean, I think so often, and, you know, like I mentioned before, I've been a prosecutor for six years and I had a career before that. But so often, I think folks will file these these cases just because they can and without really thinking about whether we should. And I think that's really what distinguishes us as human being prosecutors from, you know, an automated machine, right? The ability to see, wait a second, what think bigger. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is, how are we benefiting society by giving this individual a felony? And you mentioned immigration consequences as well. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, that's, that's an issue very near and dear to my heart. And that's something that, you know, I remember when I started, when I was a baby prosecutor and, and talking talking to folks in my office and be like, wait, you know, you know that even this type of misdemeanor under this statute is, is a crime of moral turpitude and it's going to mean this. And really? I'm like, yeah, like you think it's just a small level misdemeanor, but it's going to have lifelong consequences that you can't even imagine. And so it's, you know, there that's just the icing, um, the tip of the iceberg there uh, in terms of the changes that you'll that you would see uh, if and when I'm sitting As a prosecutor, have you had to talk other prosecutors down off of going so hard on certain people like you guys? That's bullshit. All the time. Yeah. Really? Because mm -hmm. I feel like you'd be more of the voice of reason for the people as I hear you and look at you and my vibe feels that way from you and my gut feels that. I don't know. Maybe you're just some hard-ass throwing everybody, but I don't. I can't see that. No, and it's, like, it's throw the being, book at him. Throw the book at him. it's being reasonable. I, li I like that you said that. It's <laughs> being reasonable, right? Because there are some cases where I feel like you know, I mentioned to you before, I started off my, my uh, prosecutorial career as a domestic violence prosecutor. 
And those were ones where I, I did sometimes feel like I was a hard ass. You know, I was like, no, you're not going to, I'm not going to let you stay with the spouse you're beating up. You know, I'm, I'm I think it's funny, order. right? Yeah. But like, I agree <laughs> with that one. Like, yeah, if you're I'm beating like, no, somebody yeah. up, like, dude, like, come on. I was hard on those cases. But then, you Selling know, you weed, have, okay, whatever. But then these other it. drug cases, right? Where I'm like, really? Like, especially for first time. He offenders. needs help. He like, needs, yeah, she needs a yeah. little help with this. Not just the book thrown at him. There's a distinction, you know, between the people that are just habitually, you know, doing this and just have not learned, right? And are continuing to you know distribute career criminals continue to you know do harm either through white collar fraud or or, you know drug trafficking um but you know then there's the people that just get caught up into that like what you said intent you know when someone has that intent and like they you know that they know what they're doing and they take it to that extreme and they deserve what they get right and crucial in that, I mean, you really have to look at these cases as, as people, right? And I, and I push that a lot as a prosecutor, especially when I'm ta- when I'm training younger prosecutors. I'm like, look at what this case is. You know, don't just look at the statute. Don't just look at like, okay, these are facts and this is what we can charge. Like, look at like what we're doing. Like, are we, you know, the, the question that you should always be asking yourself is, are we accomplishing justice, sure. right? Like, is that what we're getting with our proposed resolution of this case and our charging of this case? And if the answer is yes, you know, the, then you're pursuing the mission go. right yeah. then go but if not then step if you're just, back if and you think just got about some it, right? some <laughs> some geek off the street that just just caught a little flight with the, like an ounce in his pocket and he's gonna become a, fe- a, fe- a felon you I mean, know how many times like, have we seen that though well, it's like we see so, this all the time so yeah. well i think that the, the well we see the 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 fact that it's happening but not not we, I don't know that we follow all the cases and really see them catch a felony over it. You know what I mean? I think like, yeah, of course it's a felony uh, act. And so the, the right off the bat, you know, you're charged with a felony. But it doesn't mean that every time they cap, they, 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 they end up getting it. You know what I mean? Like we, we see the, the news and goes, you know, someone left LAX with three ounces of cannabis and, you know, they're well, I mean, facing felony charges. I mean, you just look at the prison zone. You look at what's in the jails right now. Well, so we're many talking, of them. yeah, oh, 10, 10 plus years ago, 20 years ago, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm saying in this last year, we've seen, you know, several people, that big time. we've seen several yeah. people get charged with felonies. And then, you know, we don't follow the case. Maybe Marks follows more of the cases than we do, but we don't necessarily follow the case. And then you sit there and go, well, this person, you know, may have got off on a misdemeanor. And, and you know, but we see the big like, why did they mess with that guy? Why did they give him that? You know, mm-hmm. but because it was a felony act mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they actually got the felony. You know correct, what I mean? Correct. A lot of times, you know, because I mean, I've been hit with the felony and then, you know, and then it's and it gets reduced down to something. And you're like, dude, that's not a felony. Like, why am I getting hit with a felony? You know, and then all of a sudden you realize it's not really, you know, that's what it has to be hit with. And a lot of people that, you know, are either educated or not educated may actually just take the felony and run, you know, but some people will fight it. And, and, and I, I hate to say that, but that's the reality. If you sit down and you realize the court systems are, you know. And there are, there are prosecutors I've known over, you know, in 26 years of being a criminal defense attorney, I have known prosecutors who literally take spaghetti, throw it up mm-hmm. there to the wall and say, well, if he doesn't get an attorney, this guy might take a deal and he might do this. We might be able to get a better charge. And those, I mean, those are the types of prosecutors we don't need. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're not looking out for anybody but themselves and their own record and notches on their belt and stuff like that and so it's refreshing to hear somebody who's a prosecutor talk about the human side uh, of what's happening to a lot of people and a lot of people that come into my office who need a criminal defense attorney as i tell them right out of the gate you're not a criminal you're being charged with a crime for some reason i 
maybe three or 4% of my clients are criminals, professionals. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. And part of their job is going to jail and, you know, that's it. Everybody else, something (laughs) happened in their life and they're in this situation and they don't need the book thrown at them. So I'm hoping that especially out of the airport in LA and on all the cannabis cases that we see, more prosecutors lend themselves to to that human side and say, "What? How can we help this person Mark, who got you, caught in this situation?" Mark, are you? And a your, lot of people. What? Are you in your office now? No, he's at home. He's in my bedroom. I clearly know that. <laughs> I know you're in your bedroom. That's why I'm asking. I was like, <laughs> I was. I came right from court in Van Nuys. Some guy busted with, you know, a half ounce of cannabis in his car, you know, but all of these cannabis cases need to really just go away. Yeah. And I hope that's a road that you're uh, you're going to take L.A. down. Absolutely. I mean, it's a road I'd be, you know, very happy to take L.A. down. It's uh, like I said, it, it just frees up in my mind. It just frees up more resources to really focus on the, you know, the, the truly bad actors. Yeah. yeah. And there's a good feel when yeah. I look at you. It's like because I feel like my cousin, my sister, my <laughs> friend that I grew up with is in a high position. And that's what I look at. Or that's what I feel when I look at you. And that's the vibe I'm getting from you, too, which is which is awesome. So I thank you for that. You might be a big fucking liar and you're going to go out there and just throw everybody in. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. I feel I'm gonna a get good, her contact information. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm getting her cell number. I'm going to be like, pictures. yo, check this out, dude. Remember, hey. I got you on tape. <laughs> hey, hey, Marina, real Hold spit. I need to get pit out. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I mean, Jason. You remember my boy Jason you met? Yeah, pit's in. We need to get him out. That being said, uh, Mark, just to let you know, Marina hasn't smoked weed before, but we're going to do a fun version of the high five with her and make it to where it fits her appropriately. Question number one, how old were you the first time you ever smelt cannabis and where did you smell it from oh that one's easy i mean did i remember yeah when i went to berkeley like day one so not in high school in the ie nobody out there so not that i visit that i remember right berkeley because i remember on telegraph or something oh yeah that's exactly what i'm thinking telegraph probably when i was hey dashberry that's in san francisco (laughs) mr geographics just over there that's not in berkeley was exactly it yeah telegraph's in berkeley player telegraph and bancroft probably and yeah probably day one probably when i was you know visiting with my mom and it just because in berkeley it just at least back then and probably more so now the whole town smelled like weed Everywhere. Oh, it's just everywhere. You can't turn yeah. it down. You know, you're oh, like, yeah. there's no denying it. There's no skunk, right? Because yeah. that's like a hundred skunks. That's like not. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, can take no. Telegraph. You can walk all the way straight into Oakland off Telegraph, like, yeah. right? to Martin Luther King. The smell doesn't break. Oh, yeah. I used it to go to Flint's <laughs> Barbecue over there at Martin Luther, and then Everett and Jones, all those spots. I used to frequent that area so yeah, tough. Yeah, so you know. I loved it. Oh, yes. I used to go there. And then, of course, the record store right there, you go hang Amoeba out. And records. Oh, one of the best and coolest spots to go to when you're at Berkeley. I used to love going to that campus, hanging out, going to football games there, basketball games, the whole night. Mark, take it away with question number two. All right. I think I got this here. Question number two of the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five. What was your good friend's favorite way to use cannabis? He's a lot smarter than he looks. Oh, I know. No, no, This one's easy. So I know exactly the friend I'm thinking about. Oh, she loves edibles. The same one that was trying to fly him? Yeah. Yeah, she does. I got a friend named Marina. (laughs) I mean, her name's Mary. (laughs) 
Tongan instead of Tongan. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is uh, my Samoan friend. sister, <laughs> Mary Tongan. To, uh, I'll have to send her this link so she's going to know she's exactly what I'm talking about. She's like, oh my God, I'm not going to say her name. But she, uh, yeah, no, she loves edibles. Her name's and... Mary after we get off the show. <laughs> yeah. Her name's <laughs> Michelle Obama. It's like, she's like, oh, yeah, me. Question number three of the high five craziest place you've ever smelt cannabis. You know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I smell it in church. Oh, wow. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Holy, holy Amen. Lead. You know, Amen. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Maybe Chris Franchino sitting in the pulpit. Hey, Chris, yeah. I need to go to that church. <laughs> so, yeah. I walk in the, we walk into buildings. We're, we're looking at new facilities right, right now. All right. All right. Question we'll number four of the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five. Back there in Berkeley... What were your friends' go-to munchies after they got high? Blondie's Pizza? Ooh, that's a good one. Good, look at you. No, it's Fat Slice. Fat, fat Slice, slice. on Telegraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said Fat Slice. But Blondie's was out there too, though, wasn't it? Blondie's it was also yeah. on Telegraph. Yeah, it was there yeah, too. Yeah. They were both right across yeah, the street from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Mm, Make pizza, not war. Exactly. I can 100% get behind that. And, and if folks are listening, <laughs> and even till today, folks, I mean, Mark, you brought up Hate and Ashbury. That's in San Francisco. You can go there and still pick up a sack, too, on the corners and just hang out and vibe and, you know, relive <laughs> the good old want. days. <laughs> literally. And that's real spit of whatever you want. But when you talk about Berkeley, it's Telegraph. And still to this day, folks, go out there and experience it because Telegraph is it. one of those experiences in life that you get that real, there's a big different culture at Berkeley that is, is different and unique than any other. It's not like UCLA, not like USC, not like even Stanford. Mm-hmm. Berkeley yeah. is its own unique organization and, and area. So as you mentioned those spots, I just want to make mm-hmm. sure people listening going, go t- t- go on a trip, go t- check it out. Yeah. It's really worth it. Question number five of the high five with Marina Torres. And you can check out her website, marinatorres.com as she's a candidate for the LA city attorney office. If you could, yes, could, Hang out with somebody where they're smoking cannabis, dead or, or alive. alive. Or alive. Who would it be and why? So you could sit there and vibe and just chop it up. Uh, you know, you guys have been mentioning, like, I don't even know if, you know, President Barack Obama smokes. Oh, he, well, he said he yeah. did, no, he didn't he? Did he? I think I he said he did once. Yeah. I don't know if he does. Oh, he smokes. I'm does, sure he yeah? does. Yeah. I, smoke, I, smoke, I, smoke, I smoke that Barack <laughs> Yeah. We smoked that Obama. Yeah, Pitt's got some Obama on him right yeah, yeah. now. Got the Obama <laughs> right now. Obama. Go. He got the bam. Baby got a brand Obama. Yeah, now that he's no longer president, kind of can relax. Yeah. You know, we mentioned earlier how would we to grab a drink with him? Yeah, if I could, that would, that would be it. Some Barack <laughs> Obama yeah. would be the guy you'd sit there and smoke one. I think so. If we could smoke. And if he said, Marina, take a hit. You want to hit it with me? In a couple years' time, maybe. Maybe not now, but... Maybe in a few more years. When you need it it for medical purposes. Hey, at least she didn't say no. After after she's out, after you're out of federal employment. That's that's definitely a precursor to that, yeah. Yes. You know what? Let's bring up that fact. As you just say federal employment, something happened that really disturbed me with Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, uh, when he got into office, what else? Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a big fan, right? And I see the picture with you and Joe, and I'm sure you're a big fan as well, coming from the Barack family. Um, 
He said, you know, he was so acting like Bernie's standpoint of cannabis this, cannabis that, and I felt like they haven't done shit since, which I feel like I've been bamboozled. And I just call ball ball on a curve a curve, right? So I've, I was voting for him, but I said I've been disappointed with him as his ratings are 2% still higher than Trump's right now, but still very low. So let's just call that what it is too, folks. That being said, it's not good by any means. And, and no. you guys heard me preach about him, and now you're hearing me say, come on, dog. I'm not, I'm not feeling the hype. Yeah. But my point behind what I'm saying and asking you, Marina, is uh, what is your thought and take on once he got into office, he said anybody who's smoking or using cannabis come out with it and then fired. I believe we did the research because I battled with Blue about it because Blue yeah. brought it up. This was a couple shows back. And then we did research. No, you Five battled people. with me and you lost. Mark, I don't even think you were here, dude. You're never here, so don't even you say missed, it was you. You missed that, bro. <laughs> You're never yeah, here, Mark, yeah. so I don't even know why you say it was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. known it was you. I haven't done a show with you in, like, fucking that six months. That was me. That no, was me. No, you it was Mrs. Doubtfire that Mrs. was here. Mrs. Doubtfire was talking I mean, was your from look her like. bathroom so, in, the, in her closet. And plus, I'm asking Marina, your thoughts on Joe Biden saying, anybody who works here, it's fine, it's fine, come out and tell us if you use cannabis, and then five people that came out got fired for it. Because they came out and said, oh, that was, I, I use it. And, and then, okay, shebang. Yeah. I, I mean, be- that, that's unfortunate. And I think especially if you're, lo- if you're looking at really talented people, like those are people whose talents no longer are, you know, in the government where they should be. And it's the same story, quite frankly, like in federal government, uh, you know, everywhere you have to pass a background check. Like that is part of the questions they ask. And it, I can tell you, I feel like the federal government loses out on some amazing candidates because of that. Sure. Um, yeah. well, won't you think more people would just lie? They yeah, did. They, they do. did. They, they did do. lie, and then they got and they caught do. for lying, and they got cut because they were lying. No, they probably told the truth. I think the ones that got hit were the ones that told the truth. No, they told the truth after they had already passed the lie detector test because they probably took a lie detector test, right? Do you guys no, have to take a lie detector test? No. So they, oh. they lied on their application is what I'm saying, and then they came out and told the truth, and that's probably why they were cut, right? Yeah, I just felt like that was so dirty. Right? I would that's, agree with that's, you. That's and the story. You and, know what I mean? And I think even people that are, you know, that... I would just not have answered that question, Yeah, like, that's what That's what happens a lot of people just... Like, or they'll nah. just say, you know, on their Sorry, application, no, no. Yeah. You know, like lie, right? Yeah, like, no, I haven't. Yeah. And, you know. I, As you should. Yeah, yeah. lie. So it, it's, it's unfortunate because then, you, again, you lose out on a lot of. You lose out on a lot of talent, right? And She's lying right now. I mean, well, you don't, you don't, <laughs> and you know what? Let me yeah. point something out about her answer. Marina, let me point something out about your answer that I respect and appreciate. You could have tap danced around it. You could have stuck up for Joe in a way of a political answer of, well, that's the way the office tried to do, but you said no and you didn't like it. And I really respect that from you, be honest with you, oh, because I almost was asking this in a way of to hear if you were going to fucking tap dance around it. To be yeah. like, okay, is this chick going to be like, no, let me give the politically uh, okay answer, but you said no and that wasn't cool. And for that, I, I really... Still, uh, still like you, you. Still like you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Not only that, but like that just shows how real you are. Yeah. Because a lot of people that run for big offices tap dance around so many answers. They don't say, yeah, that is weak. That's terrible. Especially yeah. about the active president right now, who you're on that side mm-hmm. representing. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, don't yeah. say what you just said. So yeah. for that, I, I take my hat off for you again. I yeah. appreciate that. I mean, that's a, that, I, again, I just feel like there's. There's so many big issues that our country is facing, right? We're still not out of COVID yet. Now we have inflation and, you know, we, we have these supply bottlenecks. That means no one's getting a Christmas present this year. And, and it makes it kind of light of it, right? But there's a lot of major issues right now. So I think we need as much talent as we can get in the federal government. And things like that are just preventing good people with good talents from coming in and helping us out. I like it. Yeah. Well, Mark, is there anything else you want to ask since you joined the last five minutes of the show? I'm sure you might ask a question that we already did. But before we let Marina go, as 
We've uh, had it know, for quite some, some time now. Some of us have other real jobs, you know, not like YouTube bozos. You know, we got to get out and go to court and work, and we don't get to have fun all day. But yeah, I know it's unfortunate. I am so for happy you. that we were able to get you here, Marina. And I, you know, from the first conversation we had on the phone to now, I'm very excited about uh, helping you get elected and seeing how we can really, really make some change and some noise with all this cannabis bruja that is out there. I wish you were here to do a shut the fuck up Friday with her. That would have been awesome. You know, well, as soon as you're not a federal prosecutor, I do <laughs> want to do shut the fuck up Friday and we're going to have to pass a joint or an Ooh, edible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she agreed. All right. I did agree. With you heard it. She promised. I did promise. We got her. Well, not only that, but, but here's the thing. I think while she's in office, cause I do believe she's going to win. Uh, I, I believe that it will go federally legal. So I think it'll be, you know, on a federal level all across the board legal. Mark uh, doesn't. Mark doesn't agree with me, but I do. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's no. going to be gradual. Or asking me or Mark? No, no I'm we're asking, asking you. you. We don't care <laughs> about Mark. About Mark yeah. Mark is already jumping in. We, we want to ask a real good lawyer, not one yeah. of these you guys. Know, we, yeah, and, and a Stanford lawyer. We're bozo <laughs> attorneys, right? No, we're a real attorney. No, and I mentioned this before. I do, I do think... <laughs> I do think in the next five to ten years we're going to see movement on the federal side. Um, I don't think it's going to go all the way recreational, like right away. I think it's going to be a graduated level. I mean, maybe it's going to get down the schedule a little bit. But we are, we. I think we have to. I mean, I think the, the science, the yeah, and I think the science is out there. I mean, the stigma is slowly going away and more quicker in other, in, uh, you know, states like California and Colorado. And Colorado. Um, but I think it's going to be graduated. I think it's going to be, you know, moving it to, to you know, mid, uh, you know, having a prescription and then at some point could be recreational. But I do think in the next my prediction is still in the next five to 10 years. So so how many states are legal right now, Joe? Right now, there's 47 states that have legal cannabis in some form or another. Three so, states only do not allow only three. It. Yeah. Right. See? So I, I think it's 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 a matter of, you know, the the federal the, the feds have to yeah. have to open up. Yeah. When you, you know? see it like that. And we were talking about even prosecution wise. Right? More people. I, came up, I don't even know if I said this online. More people voted for cannabis than anybody, any candidate, any other candidate. Period. Ever. But when you look at that and I said, I think it was even off air. when We were talking about what we should do about decriminalization. Mm -hmm. And I said, where the cannabis is recreationally legal in those states, maybe we start with those states, mm -hmm. California being one of them, Colorado being another. Uh, let's start freeing these ones. If they don't have the other convictions that put them in there or the priors, mm -hmm. this and that, you know, just make it to where, okay, we can work on these states now, which is, I believe, 27 of the 47 that is like that. So I don't know that number for sure, but I think it's around that. Yeah. And my point is, if we started there, that's a decent start. Well, it you goes know, back it's not going to gonna empty it, the jails and prisons, but no. it's going to give a, a little loose. But yeah. it goes back to the money, Joe. It's, it, you know, the, the hardest part is is well, they make a halfway you, house and they make fix, more money than you there. The, you fix the problem. You know, there's no money in fixing problems. You know, unfortunately, and I, I hate to say that, but you know, and, and, and point. you can't fix problems unless you want that to go away. And if there's such money tied to these problems, meaning that there's thousands and thousands of people being housed in prison right now for just cannabis. And if you just fix it and you go, cool, we've made it legal. We're all monetizing the doors, it now all across out. the countries. Yeah. And we thousands and thousands of unemployed people and we let them out. Then there's a bunch that's of what's going on people. now. It's called COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Let's not go there. <laughs> Marina, is there anything else that you want to promote or talk about before we let you go that we may have missed? 
No, thank you. You've done an excellent job of plugging my website. My consultant always yells at me because he says I don't do it enough. So <laughs> marinatorres.com. Would love to hear your thoughts. If you guys, if anyone wants to get involved with the campaign or learn more, just go to my website. Um, I will say it's, it's been, again, an absolute privilege to be here. I've been so, I've had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's been exciting to kind of share all the great things and, you know, energy and big change that we're going to do once I'm elected city attorney. I mean, that, that office, city government in general, but especially that office, I think is really in need for that. And it's going to affect the lives of every single Angelino, and I can't wait for it to happen. Pick one of us, Marina Torres, for office. I love you. <laughs> Let's go, Marina Thank Torres. Thank you so much. Well, there it is, guys. Yes. It's Cannabis Talk 101, and remember this. If no one else loves you, we, we do. do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.